Today on Season 3, Episode 6 of the Unknown Packers Podcast, Bryce and I welcome Tom Grassi to the studio. You may be familiar with Tom from PatCast, but now you'll get a chance to get to know him as a Packers fan too. We talk about Packers past and present, reminisce about favorite memories, and have a good time. We all have our perspectives as to what Goody and company will do with a 30th pick in this upcoming draft, but what does Tom think they'll do? Come on in, join the Grassi Posse, and share in the shenanigans. And now it's time for Tom Grassi on tap. so much for following the unknown packers podcast touchdown dagger al harris 56 yards to a game winning touchdown green bay packers go back go running isn't everything but it's the only thing green and yellow green and yellow green and yellow green and yellow yellow. unknown packers podcast green and yellow green and yellow green and yellow green and yellow and let me tell you this green bay is a great town And welcome to the Unknown Packers podcast for Tom Grassi on tap. Super thrilled to have him on this episode for uh, host of Packast. We have Nebels in the studio as well, quote unquote studio. But how are you doing, Tom? How are you doing, Nebels? I'm doing, I'm doing all right. So well. Thank you <laughs> very much. Nebels, please don't interrupt me. Thank you. He I'm asked sorry. me first. <laughs> sorry. Please. Thank you. I've, I'm merely, guys, already, you know, you're supposed to treat guests a certain way. And okay, fine. Uh, you know what? Just just move on. That that's the one audible. That's the one audible. That's on me. Nebels, how are you doing? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> I'm doing well, Bryce. How are you, Tom? I I'm doing really well. Thank you so much. I am so happy to hear that this was an audio only podcast. I am still in my pajamas. And I am just rocking with it right now. Uh, this is probably going to be at least a three-hour podcast because I have nothing to do today. So um, <laughs> buckle up, people, because this is going to be a wild ride. Awesome. <laughs> and I just found out this is going to be three hours, so I definitely need to rearrange my schedule during the <laughs> halftime segment of our commercial break. But we are super excited to have you on for Tom Grassi on tap. And first and foremost, tell us where we can find you on Twitter, anything else that you use. Uh, I know you have a uh, website as well. Super funny. Host a podcast as well. Big fan. But where can uh, listeners find you real quick? Yeah, so you can just check out podcast, P-A-C-K-A-S-T on anywhere you can listen to podcasts. And then the big, obviously, the platform is YouTube because we have the video component. Uh, and then it's at Tom Grassi Comedy on literally every social media everywhere except for Tinder. That's a different name. Um, that's going to have to be <laughs> revealed later, depending on how comfortable I am with the show. Perfect. That's our pop quiz question at the end of the episode. So uh, tune in. Brace yourself, everyone that's listening in. We will uh, we will have that. And I'm glad it's an audio, too, because I would assume your Tinder profile picture is also your Skype profile yes. picture, too. Yes. Okay. It very is. cool. And I'm also in pajama gear. Nebels, you in pajama gear? I have uh, pants on. <laughs> okay, I don't need to know what. You, I just need to know if it's pajamas or not. It might be. All At right. this point, I don't even know what my pajamas are anymore. I've it's everything's just a blur. One. That's right. That's Everything's right. Blended together. <laughs> oh man. Well, well, tell us a little bit of your background. Um, how you like how you got involved with uh, everything that you do, comedy wise, and also uh, Packers content related. Yeah, so I started doing stand-up comedy in 2014. Sounds about right. Uh, in 2014, it was like, I think that was like, it was a couple days after actually Robin Williams passed away. I had done improv comedy before that in college, and I was working a crappy office job at that point and, you know, was absolutely miserable with my life. And the, what had happened earlier was the Packers and the 2014 NFC Championship game, you know, just left all the air outside of my body uh, was like such a traumatic experience. And randomly, just for like catharsis, I went on YouTube and I before then, I don't think I posted like anything on YouTube. And it was basically just like a made up reaction video of like how Packers fans were during that game. And it got like 60,000 views and people were like, oh, my God, this made me feel so much better. I would love if you did more stuff. And I was like, no, because I didn't know how to podcast. <laughs> I didn't know what I was doing. And even in 2014, everybody and their mother had a podcast. So they kind of both just happened at the same exact time. 
And it started like just audio, just like on SoundCloud and iTunes for two years uh, in which I would only do like two episodes a week and like breaking down the game. And we bring guests on from the opposing team that we were about to play. And then it just kind of morphed into there. I started putting some stuff on YouTube every now and then. And now it's a six to 11 episode week uh, week to week. So it's uh, it's just kind of exploded from there. But yeah. It's just you, you fall into it and you figure out how to do it as you go. We were just talking about beforehand how like, you know, our early episodes, like our audio quality is just abysmal. And I'm just <laughs> like, I, and I'm just like, I don't know how I got three people to listen for the longest time. But yeah, you kind of just like fall into it. And it's it kind of just keeps me going from day to day. And is it is it still a it became a passion project. Is it still a passion project? But it seems this is your full-time gig comedy as well as uh, hosting and doing everything on YouTube. Yeah. So it's it's kind of like a mix of both in that, you know, right now the stand-up game is is not great. I really couldn't tell that the coronavirus actually was occurring because no one was coming to my shows anyway. So like I was, <laughs> I was kind of used to the empty comedy venues, but... At this point, you know, the what happened was like, I'm a teacher too. So like I have, you know, I have like my teacher certification, master's degree, the whole nine yards. And I've been a teacher for five years. And what happened was I just had like a, a really bad experience teaching this past September in which I, I, I went for a new job and they just lied to me about what the job was. And so I, I left that job basically just saying, okay, like I'm just going to lean into podcasting and just as, as hard as I possibly can. And then I, I wound up picking up a leave replacement, just like a temporary gig that actually ends in like three weeks. You know, so for now, I mean, looking at what's going to happen, like come September, you know, mm-hmm. this, the podcasting is definitely like full time. It just teaching is also full time at this point, too. But coming September, I mean, unless something dramatically changes, this is probably going to be the only gig that I'm doing, much to the chagrin of my wife. But um, <laughs> she's... Uh, <laughs> It's fine. She's a school teacher, too. She has plenty of health insurance benefits, so we're going to be just fine. Awesome. Well, I'm a big fan of tuning in to podcasts as well and, and YouTube. And I'm definitely familiar with the video that you're talking about. And it, it, I didn't realize how many views it got. And I just I, I tuned in to your last uh, YouTube episode uh, highlighting the NFL draft and just seeing the volume that you get as well and the traffic and all the good content that you produce, it's inspiring. And so to hear your background as well, my wife's a teacher, so um, I teach as well uh, at the college level. So we've got definitely a little similar background and I'm super excited to know a little bit more about you and how you became a Packers fan. Where are you from? Um, I know you're based in New York right now. Yeah. Yeah, um, (laughs) it's funny, I get this question Every time I live stream, at least like three times a stream, at least. And that's, that'd be a quiet one. I'm just like, how did you become a Packers fan? Um, I, 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 but it's funny because, yeah, like I'm born and raised in New York. I go to Wisconsin every year uh, just to, you know, reinvigorate my soul a bit. But yeah, no, I became a Packers fan when I was seven years old. Technically, I should was six, but it was in 1997. And that was the year that the Packers wound up going to the Super Bowl against the Denver Broncos. So I missed them actually winning out on the Super Bowl by a year. Uh, And it wasn't because I was a bandwagon fan. The reason why I became a Packers fan is because my dad is a diehard Cowboys fan. Diehard. So much. I know. (laughs) I apologize. Listen, I'm not. So it's okay. Don't don't (laughs) hang up. Like everyone just tuned out of the entire episode. They're like, nope. Well, we tried. His voice sounded like a Muppet and I was willing to give him another chance. But now it's uh, it's done. So, we had a good run. That was yeah, seven we minutes. Did, we, did. we got, we got uh, eight uh, minutes uh, in. talked about that. We were good. So yeah, my dad, like he named me like Thomas and that's kind of a nod to like Tom Landry. And I was like, oh, gross. Um, wow. But he, he really wanted me to be a Cowboys fan. And, you know, if we really dive into my history, you'll see a, a pattern of me disappointing my father. And so <laughs> I wanted to continue with that tradition. And so when I went into school, when I was six or seven years old, I heard that the Packers beat the Cowboys. And I was like, yep, that's my team. And I went home and I was like, dad, I'm a Packers fan now. I didn't even watch football at that point. But I was like, dad, I'm a Packers fan now. And he's like, why? I'm like, didn't they just beat the Cowboys? And he like just didn't talk to me. So yeah. And then I like learned about the game and I fell in love with the game and obviously watching Brett Favre. And so like my first actual like Super Bowl win was obviously 45. And uh, I, I just learned everything I possibly could about the team, obviously the rules of how it's played. And 
you know, loved absolutely everything about it. And I mean, everything about this fandom and about this team, like just constantly reassures me that I made the right decision, not just because the Cowboys are utter trash, but because (laughs) that, you know, like it's, it's different being a Packers fan. I'm not talking about like, you know, the back-to-back hall of famers or anything like that, or the, the playoff success. I mean, just like the things that this team does, no other team does. And the fandom is just so pure that, you know, I, I've, rarely had a bad experience when going to a game, you know, interacting with Packers fans, you know, Jets fans, absolutely Giants fans all day. But, you know, <laughs> it's just there's something different about this team. And obviously, there's a little bit of bias of what I'm saying. But yeah, it's it's a special thing. Absolutely. Oh, man, I'm you're getting our, emotional. You're our second guest, I think, that's become a Packer fan more or less out of spite. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I don't regret it for a single second. <laughs> No, he's right. With uh, we had Dusty Evely Dusty, on yep. uh, of Chisa TV, yep. and he uh, his grandmother, out of spite, became a Packers fan. Her husband, Dusty's grandfather, was a Lions fan. Ooh. Uh, apparently, she was, uh, for lack of a better term, a bitter, uh, bitter woman. And uh, <laughs> so, hearing that, and I love the question because it, it, it's so diverse. And that's the one thing that I picked up. I, you know, I'm from Wisconsin, born and raised. But to like co-host with Nebels, who's who's from Illinois, like I knew like that there were fans like all over. But doing yeah. this podcast, you you just see this whole web uh, globally of uh, the Green Bay Packers and the fandom. And uh, you hit it right on the head with it being pure. It, it, it definitely feels right. And maybe, you know, we've got, you know, rose trim glasses, but uh you hit that one right out of the ballpark. I uh, love that. Love how you became a Packers fan. Uh, that's become my favorite question. It's a run-of-a-mill question, but yeah. just the, the the backstories are great. And I hate the Cowboys. And when I was growing <laughs> up, uh, my friends were Cowboys fans. Yeah. And then when the Packers won the Super Bowl, they became Packers fans. And I let <laughs> them have it. <laughs> and then I had another set of friends that when the whole Rogers Favre divorce became Vikings fans. Ooh. And then I let them have it. And so just sounds like you have a lot of bandwagon friends. Like I feel like they're just like swaying with the wind. Like are they I know, just like I'm decked pointing out in the finger. I really now? should be looking at myself in the mirror, like, how am I selecting my friends here? Yeah. Um, but so far, so good. New era now. We're all on board with the Grassi Posse. And uh, hopefully everyone is as well that's tuning in and listening. And I'm excited for the second question. And it used to be just one question, but Jacob Westendorf of Packer Report and She Said TV, he's a rule breaker. He's a line stepper. Uh, (laughs) He did not want just one. He wanted two questions for this. So your favorite past and your favorite present, quote unquote, Packer player. Yeah, from the, the modern era. So, I mean, like, I know this is like the most cliche answer in the history of the world for past, but it's Brett Favre. And that and it's funny because you mentioned like the whole Vikings thing. It yeah, well, that, that wasn't a good time in my life. It was, uh, <laughs> it, it, it was it was funny because like first he went to the Jets and like living in New York. I was like, uh, OK, all right, that that hurts. But like I knew the Jets sucked so bad that it really wouldn't hurt that bad. And I was like, all right, they're not playing the Packers. It's fine. But we he went to the Vikings. That was a whole different ball game. But yeah, it's um, I, f- I feel like Brett Favre just made me love the game. And just with the enthusiasm and the emotion that he played with. I mean, listen, the man threw a lot of interceptions, a lot of interceptions. But, you know, it, it just always felt like he was out there having the time of his life slinging that ball around. And I think it was also like the the tenacity as well, like playing with all those injuries, you know, having that start record. And I, and I think that, you know, for any young kid growing up, like that was a guy that you idolized and you looked at and were like, wow, like this is, this is what it means to be like an athlete. This is what it means to be a football player. And I, and I think that that's really what helped grow my Packers fandom because you had a guy who was so enthusiastic, who was leading that team you know, and obviously, like I had learned about the history of the Packers, you know, pre Brett Favre after I was a fan. And like, I didn't know how bad it was. <laughs> like it was it, it wasn't it wasn't great, you know, for for a spell. But I, I think it was just it was just so I hate to use the word again, pure, but like it, you could see the energy like radiating off of him. And it, and it was just contagious. And I was just like, I loved watching this man. And I mean, I'll even say it when he was with the Vikings. I still vividly remember that throw he did against the 49ers, like as clock expired, falling back, getting hit, 
throwing it in the back of the end zone uh, and beating the 49ers. And like, there was just a part of me that I was like, yeah, I hate the Vikings like with all my heart. And listen, I wanted the Packers to kick his ass like when, when he came to, to Lambeau. But, you know, there, there's still a part of me of like I rooted for the player because I, I really enjoyed Brett Favre. Yeah, he he's another guy, you know, growing up idolizing. And we we mentioned it, uh, Nebels and I, in our just last episode that we just recorded, where the thing that I love about Favre was that uh, you were all in as a fan. Yeah. He, he was either going to just you know, just dazzle you with just, you know, pure magnificence and, you know, thrilling moments, or he was going to frustrate the hell out of you and you had no idea what was going on. And I was all in on for that. Like, and that was part of the fun of it was like, what's going to happen? But either way, you know, like, hold on tight. This is going to be a wild ride. Yeah, no, I I definitely agree. And I feel like, you know, I get this question all the time and I'm sure you do too, of like, who's the better quarterback, Favre or Rodgers? And, and it's one of those things that like Rodgers, I think, is the more technically gifted quarterback. Obviously, his accuracy blows mm-hmm. Favre out of the water. But I think it's there. Like you said, they're also like two completely different quarterbacks in right. that like you go and Aaron Rodgers is most likely not going to lose you the game. Right. He's not going to make like those interceptions. He's not going to make those mistakes. It's usually the defense that's going to do that. And instead, <laughs> Like Favre, you were 100% correct. Like I still remember being in my ex-girlfriend's basement watching the NFC Championship game between the Giants and the Packers and they're all Giants fans and I'm just sitting there like an idiot. I have to be silent with my cheese head on. And, you know, he throws a pick and I'm just like, yep, that's that's like you said, it's just, it's part of the game, you know, in which (laughs) with being a Brett Favre and being a Packers fan when he was running that team, it was either feast or famine with him. And, um, but it it, it did, It, it made it more fun. Absolutely. And we talked about uh, Super Bowl 31, Super Bowl 45. Nebels asked me this question, like, who would you pick and uh, the the team? And for me, just Favre, I don't know, uh, that mentality, the cast that he had around him. Yep. But that, I mean, he won three MVPs yes. in a row. In a row. Like, and, that, and that's the thing, like, if that was like during Twitter. I, oh, I, my God. I, I mean. Done. Yeah. I mean, like, and, and that goes so flying under the radar and obviously we live in a culture and society that's a what have you done for us lately <laughs> uh, especially when with this league and you know that's why like every time you're just like the Packers have won this many championships and everyone's like you're living in the past and I'm like I'm just <laughs> giving you facts but yeah I mean like Favre was so good like he was so ridiculously good mm-hmm. and, and you mentioned that Super Bowl 31 I mean even Super Bowl 32 that team was stacked John Elway yeah. just decided to be a human helicopter and just suck the life out of me but <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like that, he was a damn good football player. And, you know, I, I think that that does fly under the radar a little bit nowadays because we have Aaron Rodgers. But listen, I remember the reaction when we drafted Aaron Rodgers and people were pissed. They Lost were not oh, happy. Yeah. And I had um had Zach Shomler from Strong Opinion Sports on uh, about a month ago. And we were talking about this and I was like, imagine being Aaron Rodgers, you know, and, and it's been told over and over and over again of like, you know, falling through the draft, falling through the first round and you get picked and like, there's a huge chunk of the fan base that just flat out doesn't want you mm-hmm. that it, like it, that doesn't like you because you're the, the thought of you replacing this icon who has come to represent this team and this entire community. You know, I, I feel like that's, I'm actually surprised Aaron Rodgers is not more bitter. Obviously, you know, he just kept winning and, you know, people loved him because of that. But, you know, I think it's that's such an interesting mentality to have in which, like, you know, you're a talented QB. You're sitting behind a guy. You know, there's obviously been lots of articles about their relationships and how it was strained and how Favre didn't really help him and what have you. And, and that's what is what it is. But I think it's just crazy to why you have such a huge chip on your shoulder. Just be like, not only like, was I not picked first, but I was picked all the way down at the end of the first round. But then I got there and the fans didn't want me there. Yeah. And I think that's just like crazy to see like that he has now become, again, just he's a, he's a future Hall of Famer. And um, I don't know. It's just, it's such a fascinating story to me. Yeah. And you're bringing up a lot of, you know, thoughts too. I mean, a lot that we, Nebels and I just talked about as well about with Aaron Rodgers. Like I just desperately want him to finish in Green Bay. And I know, mm-hmm. you know, I the divorce with Favre and the transition with Rodgers, I was all on board with the transition. I mean, it took some time, but I mean, immediately I thought like, I cannot believe you're not, you're telling Favre to compete. 
with this guy. And so for yeah. me, it, it, it took just, you know, a little bit. But once Rodgers came in, I was all on board with the transition. But to think about it now and then you have the NFC championship debacle game that completely uh, destroyed me where I don't feel feelings anymore. <laughs> and but I think if Rodgers went to another team, regardless of how it goes, I th- that would be another big blow. I, I, I Maybe I would start to feel feelings again. So I, I desperately want him to stick around. And I'm curious now, who's your present Packers player? Does it happen to be Aaron Rodgers? I mean, I, I do love Aaron Rodgers very, very much. I'm trying to not give you a cliche answer. Like, because it's just like, <laughs> oh, the like, two Hall of Fame quarterbacks, of course, are, are my favorites. And if we go back even further, Bart Starr. <laughs> but I, I mean, just thinking about <laughs> wide receivers that stick out for me. I'm a, I'm a huge Donald Driver fan. I know that's a little bit you know older as well. But I also was a really, really big Jordy fan. I was a very, very big Jordy fan because I, the catches that that man made. But I, I, if I have to say like modern day, I have his jersey upstairs. It's probably Randall Cobb. Oh, I nice. freaking okay. love Randall Cobb because he broke the Bears' hearts so many times. And it just <laughs> filled me with so much joy that, I, I mean, again, I mean, you think about like the 2013, you know, week 17 game, Rogers comes back and, you know, the fourth down play rolling out to his left and hitting wide open car. Oh, like I'm getting chills. Like it, it's one of those things that just, I, I love that he was such a dynamic playmaker. I was at the um, wild card game when they played the giants and he Same. caught the hail Mary at the end of half. Like it's, likewise. Yeah. I, I loved him. He was such a, a fluid, dynamic player. I was really upset when he left. I understood it and I, and I wasn't surprised because just because the amount of money that we were giving Jordy and Cobb and it just wasn't sustainable. You know, Cobb was getting injured and stuff. But mm-hmm. yeah, no, I was a really, really big Randall Cobb fan. Still am. I hope he does well on the Texans and he's making a lot of money because Bill O'Brien doesn't know what he's doing. So <laughs> I'm, I'm all for it. Just give Randall Cobb all the money. Yeah, and he's just a top-notch dude on on top of it. I mean, that one picture that sticks out of uh, Cobb and Rogers on the sidelines. Yep. You know, rot. You know, Cobb's got you know tears in his eyes, and then I get tears in my eyes. And to think, uh, yeah, there's definitely multiple games that I was at that you, you got to see Randall Cobb's brilliance. The New Orleans Saints game where you know he, uh, the kickoff return, the the hail mary at the end of the uh, uh, first half, and the section I was sitting in, I'm sitting in 119, like around like the 48 yard line on the opposite sideline or opposite uh, opponent team. And for that game, there were fans all inundated with Giants fans. And they were mouthy. They were loud. They were talking about how great their yep. defense was. They were bragging about how the wide receivers didn't have shirts on. And I remember just sitting there. And the one thing I said was like, I was like, well, I, I don't think that's a really smart idea. Um, <laughs> not having your shirt on like I think that's gonna hurt them and sure enough Beckham was a no-show in that game and but the the Hail Mary right at the end of the first half uh you got to see the life sucked out of these Giants fans that had just been barking for two quarters about how great they were that they came from New York we're the best fans I just sat there and took it (laughs) (laughs) yeah but that play that play um I might have to rewatch that game Perfect drop. Mm-hmm. It was literally like a perfect just drop and he just gets behind everyone. It's just, just, yeah, no, it was, um, I, I, I deal with Giants fans on a regular basis and uh, <laughs> I've been to a MetLife many times. I was actually at the old Meadowlands where Strahan broke the record against Favre. Where he slid? Yep. Yeah, exactly. Where he was just like, <laughs> I'm going to give up now. I like I you, won, I like like you Mike. I'm just going to slide. Or something. Yep. Yeah, I, it was that was my first Packers game. That oh, was nice. uh, yeah, because that was two thousand, if I'm not mistaken. So yeah, I was ten, and uh, yeah, no, I, 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 you get some damn good memories uh, watching the Packers live. Yeah, and you just you know name drop Meadowlands. I haven't heard that in a long time too. So I'm getting all nostalgic. And speaking <laughs> of nostalgia, with our third guest question, what is your favorite Green Bay Packers memory? Uh, so. Do you want, I can give you two answers. I can give you live memory, like in which I saw them live and then watching as a fan. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. I didn't know Absolutely. if like, I didn't want to break the rules here. If hey, Needles, I, if I Needles, is that cool? Uh, yeah, it's, it's all right. I'll let it slide this time. Are you sure? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, sure. Why not? I mean, okay. I mean, I, I don't, I don't want to 
make things like really, really awkward, like with silences. I'll There's just, a good chance it, it might get edited anyway. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, yeah. All right. So my favorite live memory, it's it split between two because I'm indecisive. Uh, it's either going to be the 2011 game against the Giants where the Green Bay Packers went 15-1 and they were just godly on offense. Their defense, no, no, no one knows what that is. But their offense was really good. And it was just a shootout with the Giants. And similar to what you said, anytime that you can be with Giants fans or Jets fans, because they equally suck, um, and you <laughs> could be there and they're on their home turf and they are just talking all the crap in the world. And the best thing is, is like, I usually like I cheer for my team, obviously. Um, but like if I'm in like, quote unquote, enemy territory, I really don't say a whole lot unless, you know, uh, until I get to like the point where I know we're going to win. So because like <laughs> I, I feel like there's like, you know, it's like the office. It's like I'm not superstitious. I'm just a little stitious. So <laughs> here for us to go and Mason, like he hits Jordy. We kicked the game winning field goal with Mason Crosby. And this guy behind me, I was with my wife. And he would not shut the hell up the entire game. He was talking so much trash. And I literally just silently turned and smiled at him. And he <laughs> fumed. And I was like, this was a good day. This was definitely <laughs> a good day. I was at the also the 2014 no-catch divisional game, uh, which oh. was phenomenal. And I was with my dad, the Cowboys fan. That was also like number two. That was a great day. There <laughs> were a ton was, uh, of Cowboy fans there, too. Yes, there were. Yeah, Lambo, what are you doing? But yeah, that was uh that was a special one too. I mean, it's 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 so fascinating. There, there's I've been to a bunch of Packer games now, and it's funny because the one that you were bringing up too about the wild card game with Cobb and the Giants, I remember because it was pretty cold that day. That was like one of the coldest games I've been to, and I remember buying a beer at halftime because I was like, I'm going to celebrate because they got a hail mary. I drank that beer and I felt every single icicle drip down my <laughs> esophagus into my chest to the point where it hurt. And I was like, this was a terrible decision. <laughs> it wasn't even a good beer, but I was just like, ah, I went in Rome. But yeah, the, those those two are the ones that stick out to me. And then the one that else that the one that obviously I wasn't there for was the uh, Lions Hail Mary. That one. Oh, yeah. Uh, I. I remember staying up super duper late because of that, because I had to record a podcast, I think, after that. <laughs> and I was downstairs. My wife was sleeping like a normal human being. And he caught that ball. I screamed at a pitch that could have broken every glass <laughs> in our entire house. I, I like I literally was I, I was going nuts. That was probably one of my favorite. And what's the best part about it? is we actually won that game. It wasn't like the Arizona game where we yep. were we chucked two Hail Marys to Jeff Janis and we still lost. So, right. yeah, I would say uh, that that one's a great one. I mean, obviously the Super Bowl was great, but I, I think in my fandom, I don't know, like that one I felt was just even better because I, I feel like I was still like young-ish. I was in college when we won Super Bowl 45. It was great. I ran around in the freezing cold without my shirt because why not <laughs> um, after we won it. But I feel like I nowadays, like where I've really sunk into my fandom so much so that I've made a career out of it. That one was uh, that was a special moment. The throw too, I mean, oh. ju just the throw. And there's a there's a video of uh, Bill Cower. He's on the sidelines, and you see his reaction. And he's you know the, you you watch him watch the throw, and then afterwards he's completely just in disbelief. And to yeah. see all of the coaches and players just storm into the end zone. Yep. And then Richard Rogers wanting his helmet because he's yep. like, all right, like, let's get ready. Let's kick this, you know, the kick this extra point. Like, and no, not, not extra point. I'm sorry. But he, why did he want his helmet? I'm trying to remember the details of. Uh, didn't his, was it his dad who, who played football and he caught like a Hail Mary or something? Yeah, for I, Cal Stanford. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Like I, I want, I don't know. Maybe he wanted to give it. I have no idea. But I remember they did have to kick an extra point though. So that's what it was then? Yeah. Okay. I was wondering because he gets up and he's like looking for his helmet. I'm like, why are you looking for your helmet? Just celebrate. Just, yeah, yeah, no, you, that was before the rule change. Like, yeah, now they got to they gotta kick the extra point and stuff. Well, there you have it. We, uh, You just survived the guest questions of the Unknown Packers podcast. We've got Tom Grassi in the quote unquote studio. Tom Grassi on tap. We're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back. Go Pack Go. This episode is brought to you by Sonic Transformation. 
Here at Sonic Transformation, we believe that every good audio project starts with a good foundation. We want to help you build that foundation. Whether it be through commercial products or things you have around the house, no job is too big or small. We can make your podcast sound the best it can with what you have and a little nudging along the way. No equipment? No problem. Our consultants can help you get set up on your budget and in your space. Do you already have an established podcast but don't have the time to edit or just wish it sounded better? We can take care of that for you as well. Check us out at www.sonictransformation.com. Again, that's www.sonictransformation.com. Sonic Transformation, your sound refined. And we are back with the second half of Tom Grassi on tap. We are for sure part of the Grassi Posse, and we hope you are as well. And we've got three trending questions for our guest. He survived the guest questions, and we survived uh, the hilarious commercial break. You'll never hear it. That you'll never, <laughs> ever you'll hear. never hear it. <laughs> you will never hear it. I could hear the panic in Nebel's voice, like, just a little bit <laughs> when it was going on. Like, this was live for a second. Uh, <laughs> just like, and this is how all of our careers end. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. With that, so we just, we recorded uh, Nebels and I talking about what the Packers would do at pick 30. Mm-hmm. And we're curious if you're on the clock, your general manager, Brian Gutekunst, pick 30, what are you doing? I, you know what? It's, it's such a, I, I've been wrestling with this now for a while because what I would do is probably not what the Packers are going to do. <laughs> I, I think, and what this team's biggest need has been forever is in an inside linebacker. I don't see us drafting one at 30. Obviously, we got Kirksey to kind of like fill that role in who I think, again, is is has a high floor, could be really good, but we, we kind of just don't know. And I think that, you know, guys like Queen or Murray are going to be gone by that point. So for me, at this point, even though I don't think it's even the number two biggest need for the Packers, I think you just go with wide receiver. But at the same time, if there's an offensive tackle there, I would not hate that pick either because I think we're greatly underestimating how bad things could potentially get next year with guys like Corey Lindsley, who is an unrestricted free agent. David Bakhtiari is an unrestricted free agent. Not even mentioning Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams, but... We also have Ricky Wagner there at right tackle, who is a downgrade from Brian Bulaga. So we are we're going to need to make sure that that offensive line is uh, is kind of built up. So, like, I wouldn't mind getting someone like Josh Jones from Houston just to kind of sure that up a little bit. He's more of a blindside guy, but I'm sure he could he could swing over to right tackle because I, I have to imagine we're going to re-sign Bakhtiari. I would hope. But then again, you know, we're going to have to make some tough decisions come next year. I think Bakhtiari's a lock. You and I. Th- I wonder what the approach will be if they franchise. I mean, franchise tag him if that's the approach that that yeah. they go with, or if they give him money. Um, it'll be his third contract, so yep. I don't know if Gutekunst. You know, if he is t- you know tied to Thompson's belief, but you've seen it already happen, and um, we don't give a lot s- of those out. Yeah, those third contracts. S- we don't. We don't give a lot of those out. And at the same time, Bakhtiari's been more healthy or he's been healthier than Balaga. Balaga, you know, picked the perfect time to, quote unquote, be healthy. Yeah. Granted, uh, he's just had some devastating injuries, but he's played full seasons. Um, It's it's weird to have him gone. That's the biggest fear that I have. Yeah. Is that I want us to go wide receiver in the first round. I would love to see us bring in an explosive playmaker. But if Ricky Wagner doesn't come in, if he's not healthy, yep. uh, you know, that can blow up in your face. And I wonder what happens. Your thoughts, Nebels? Yeah, I, I'm kind of on board with the receiver as the first pick. But also, like I mentioned in our last episode that we'll be dropping soon, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would not be surprised at all if they made a move for an offensive tackle. I think that's one of those positions that's, you know, often underlooked by by the fans, but super important. And like I said, receiver, offensive tackle, I could see them going, you know, one and two, either way, kind of interchangeable. So neither one of those would surprise me in the least. 
Yeah. Who, and, and we hit a home run with Jenkins last year, too. I right. mean, the guy just like coming out of like not allowing sacks, I think, like the last season he played. Uh, mm-hmm. And he was pretty damn phenomenal on the line last year. So I, I think that we're definitely going to need to to fix some things. Billy Turner is kind of like a complete unknown, didn't have the best season uh, last year. And, you know, I, I think we're, we're going to have to move some people around. And yeah, like you said before, that's if everyone stays healthy. Mm-hmm, I still right. have major concerns about that line. So I, I think, you know, sooner rather than later, you're going to see the Packers have to draft somebody to fill that spot. Because even if Ricky Wagner works out, he's still a stopgap guy. Like, you know, he's he's a Band-Aid. He's a temporary fix on there. You know, I loved Brian Bulaga, Iowa. But I, I mean, you know, <laughs> at, 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 at some point, even if Bulaga stayed, I would say in the second or third round, you still had to go get a tackle because, yeah, exactly. you know, you, you need to develop them. And like you said before, like these aren't the flashy picks. These aren't the sexy picks, but these are the picks that like help you win games. And they're the foundations like those guys in the trenches. I mean, you look at the Cowboys. I know I hate to bring them up again, but like they one of the reasons for their success, even though, you know, no championship game, but even for their success (laughs) was because that offensive line was so damn good. And, you know, that that is a very, very underrated and you can see it go very, very wrong very, very quickly. I mean, look at the Cardinals, right? Like they have they have offensive playmakers, they have explosive players, but you know, they didn't have an offensive line and their quarterbacks got murdered. Look how long Russell Wilson has been getting killed back there. Mm -hmm. You know, if they, if they shirt up that offensive line a little bit more, I can guarantee you the Seahawks, even though they had a ton of success would have had even more success. So I think, um, I think that position is super duper pivotal. Yeah. And I, I even, like you said, you know, Balaga played, with the Packers this year, they're probably still going tackle. Dusty Evely, when we had him on a couple guests uh, before with Dusty Evely on tap, he kind of also alluded to the fact that maybe the Packers, you know, hold off on offensive tackle, draft an offensive tackle in the fourth or fifth round and have that player and Wagner be the stopgap. And then mm-hmm. next year, tackle, tackle the tackle position again, possibly in like the first round. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, w- I wouldn't hate that. I got to be If you went my complete unbiased opinion, I don't even think we're picking at 30. I would yeah, ab- I absolutely see us trading back. Uh, trading I don't, back, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think we're going to be picking in the first round just because, you know, if we are able to get, you know, another early round pick, I think Goody goes for that in a heartbeat. You know, obviously it depends on, you know, maybe like QB needy teams or what have you trade back early in the first round if there's some that are still around there. But... I would not be surprised if we don't pick in the first round. And I think that that's not the worst thing in the world. We're near the end of the first round anyway. If we can get, you know, something in the second or one of these teams that has a kajillion picks like the Dolphins or something, you know, I I, I would not hate that move. I would be disappointed because I'd be live streaming the entire draft again and we wouldn't pick. And I'd be like, <laughs> cool, guys. All right. Well, see you tomorrow. But yeah, I, I really, really think that we might just trade back. And again, I think it's a smart move because we, the Packers are close. And what I mean by that is obviously we made it to the NFC championship game and I, and I'm very cautious because I'm very worried that fans expectations are going to be like Matt LaFleur in his first year went 13 and three and we went to the NFC championship game. Now we're expecting even better. I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm expecting us to still do well and make the playoffs and everything. But, you know, I think the, the gap between the San Francisco 49ers who unfortunately right now are like the top of the NFC who I think are going to get even better during this draft, considering they mm-hmm. got the Colts draft pick. It's going to be disgusting. They're probably going to get a guy like CD lamb. They're going to get a speedy wide receiver. So Jimmy G can overthrow him too. And <laughs> I think that, you know, it's um, there's a, there's a pretty big gap and we're close, but I think we need somebody to actually be able to stop the run. Uh, we, we need an inside linebacker. Uh, and we need more weapons for Aaron Rodgers. But I think we can accomplish that even if we don't pick at 30. Yeah, I'm on board, too, with the trade back. And I think uh, seeing what uh, what teams want, you can leverage that, especially mm-hmm. if a team wants to go up and pick a quarterback, if there's a quarterback available at 30 that a team wants. What, what's your what's your take on the Packers trading up? Would, uh, you know, Gutekunst has done it in back-to-back years. Yeah doesn't really have the ammunition that he's had in the past couple of years with draft capital. What's the possibility? Uh, Maggie Loney just dropped an article of She's Head TV um, that gave uh, several different scenarios of the Packers trading up or trading in general. What do you see with that? 
I got to be honest, I don't think it's going to happen just because you hit the nail on the head. We don't have the capital to do so because while I'm saying that we're close, we still need to draft at multiple positions to make this team better. It's not like we're like one guy away is going to make like the entire difference. Like I'm seeing there's three positions that like we have to fill and that's inside linebacker, that's tackle and it's wide receiver. So, I mean, and again, cornerback, who the hell knows what's going on with cornerback? We we got we got some issues there. I've also been on the train of getting a backup QB, but you know, that's going to kind of take a back right this second. So, all that being said, if we were to trade up in the first, one, it's most likely going to cost us a lot unless we're just moving up a couple picks, you know, but if we're if we're trading up and, you know, into like the early part of the first round, that's going to cost us, you know, second, third round picks. Which, considering how deep this receiver class is, I think we can get a damn good wide receiver in the second and third round. And I just don't think it makes a whole lot of sense for us to give away that capital unless we're just like going balls to the wall and and, and Goody thinks we're one player away. But I would disagree. I think we're we're a few. I was going to say, is there one player in this draft that if they were, say, still available within, you know, five picks of the Packers, would you be willing to trade up for? Yeah, I mean, again, it all depends on what you're willing to give up. So when we moved up to pick up uh, Savage, we gave up, what, two fourth rounds? Yep. yep. You get where we gave up like our two fourth round picks. I mean, we don't, again, we don't have that capital now, but like, so what would that look like? Is, the, is that, you know, giving up a third and a fourth? You know, I, I, don't, I don't know if you really want to do that. And we're picking late. So, right. I, you know, I, I would think that's going to cost like a third or a fourth. So, I mean, is there a guy maybe, you know, a Patrick Queen or, I mean, maybe, you know, a linebacker at there. But for me, I'm I'm kind of, for the first time in a while, I'm actually kind of content just letting the draft happen. And and if anything, just trading back because it, in that case, we can plug more holes. So for me, I just, I don't see the need to, to, to draft up. Or I'm sorry, yeah. trade up. I'm on board. Yeah, uh, yeah. I like the the Ron Wolf school of thought. Uh, as take as many swings as possible in the draft, and hopefully you hit on, you know, three or four. And that's the reality: is that you're only going to hit on yep. a couple. And so for for fans to think that you know Gutekunst, you know Gutekunst has made some you know nice hits, but he's also missed too. So uh, yep. I'm I'm intrigued. Um, I'm all on board with what he has what he has planned. And I, I, I feel like he's got the need for speed. So we've been talking about players and who we're infatuated with. Um, I'm curious, is there a player that you're infatuated with draft wise where, um, you know, Nebel's asked me a question. We've asked him as well. And other guests, um, is there a player that you've fallen in love with in this whole NFL draft process? Yeah. So <laughs> real quick, before, before we get to the infatuation, one second, I just want to br- circle back for a hot second because you brought up something about, you know, hitting on guys. And, and that's something that I talked about a few weeks ago is that the Packers haven't been drafting that well, you know, for mm-hmm. a team that is really kind of you know, like the Ted Thompson, Ron Wolf, like of just like, hey, you know, we, we draft and develop and that's it. You know, we really don't go out in free agency anymore. Obviously, that's changed under Goody. But like we haven't been doing that well in the past five years on like, you know, hitting. We maybe get one or two guys. I mean, look at like the 2015 draft. There are no 2015 draftees left on this team. You know, and that's only five years ago. There's not a single one left on the team. Mm-hmm. So y- you look at it, you know, in, in 2016, you had uh, so Kenny Clark. Obviously, that was a big hit that worked out. You know, uh, who's that? Fackrell, Martinez. They're both gone. They didn't work out. And Dean Lowry, you know, people are starting to look at that contract now and be like, oh, maybe we gave him too much money. And I like Dean Lowry. Um, but, you know, you look at, at what we got going on right now. The, I mentioned this as an entire episode. The Packers do need to draft better. So I completely agree. And this is why I'm like kind of against trading up right now is if we trade back and we get more opportunities to, to just pick people we're most likely going to at least, you know, just the the law of probability, we're most likely going to hit, you know, with more picks. So, you know, I, I don't know. What do you guys think? Like, do you think that when it comes to the draft that the Packers have done it relatively well, I'm talking like within like the past, like five or six years, do you, do you see that as being an issue? 
Five or six years. Yeah, especially when it's a draft and develop philosophy. I mean, that's what made at least me start to clamor at like, hey, let's start assessing Ted Thompson. Let's start looking at that a little bit more closely. And I had maybe a few more uh, harsher words than I would want to record uh, about (laughs) Ted Thompson during that time frame. But for me, and now we're starting to realize that, you know, he had some health complications that, you know, possibly influenced a lot of what was going on. But Mm -hmm. I, with Gutekunst, as long as you're, I mean, with Jair Alexander, that's a hit. Uh, Savage is a hit. You're thinking Gary is going to continue to hit. I just still get concerned about using the 12 pick on a project. Yes, I agree. And so, but Elton Jenkins is a hit. Uh, yep. So, he, you know, I, I. Well, I mean, like you look at, so for example, like 2018, right? So you said Jair, but like Josh Jackson. Yeah. What, like you know, Oren Burks. You know, MVS, EQ, I'm not, the the verdict is still out on him. We don't know. He was injured. But like, you look at like those guys too, or the draft, you know, we, we drafted a ton of wide receivers, you know, Jamon Moore. Yeah. You, you look, you look at these guys. I'm again, and I like Brian Gutekunst a lot. I love the the philosophy that he brings to the Packers. I love that we're being more aggressive. He hit home runs on Zadarius Smith. I love Amos. I love Preston Smith. I, I think he like did very, very well with that. However, I also like if we are now still going back to like at least a a balance of, you know, draft and develop and also dip our toes every now and then into free agency, we do need to draft better. And I think that Goody can do that. That's fine. I'm just saying like, you know, if the Packers are to get better, I understand the people. I get this every single time. People really wanted to go after like Robbie Anderson. People really wanted to go after a wide receiver. I have unfortunately done so many damn videos on Oh, Odell Beckham Jr., AJ Green, or Emmanuel <laughs> Sanders. Like, because my my DMs are literally flooded with these questions every single day. <laughs> and I understand and I understand the frustration because you're like, let's go get a guy that it, you know is, is proven and we can get him and we can bring him on and he can help Aaron Rodgers write this second. But then I find that those people don't understand how the cap works. Yep. And because of that, like we are very limited on the moves that we can make. Because we don't want to turn into like the Denver Broncos, you know, when they got Peyton Manning, they won a Super Bowl, they did it, it was great, right? And then they were in cap hell for a while. Look at the LA Rams right now, in complete and total cap hell, they have to start cutting people. Mm-hmm. You know, it's one of those things that it's this this balance that you have to find. And I think for us, the really, really successful teams draft really, really well. The 49ers weren't good for a few years. They went to the Super Bowl and then they didn't really do so well. But they drafted and all that defensive line, like those are first round picks. Yep. And, and that is what made them so good. They obviously hit on the draft. But I think the really, really successful teams in this league are able to find this great balance. But it starts at drafting. Nibbles? I really couldn't set it any better than that. I mean, looking back at, at Thompson's draft, I mean, he, he seemed to be you know, looking at all the players that he's drafted over his, his tenure. I mean, he had a lot of solid drafts, a few home runs here and there. And then you kind of see as his... His career was starting kind of to wane off. He got a little bit worse, if you will, a little bit worse. And then, like I said, you made some good points uh, in regards to to Goody. Tom, uh, you know, he has had a couple of really nice draft picks, a couple of picks that you know have a chance to do something real special. But then on the other hand, he has missed on a lot. So mm-hmm. definitely, you know, definitely drafting is is something that uh, they are. You know, I agree. They do have to get a little bit better on. And I don't know if that's just an internal, you know, scouting thing or, or their processes, but definitely, uh, you know, l- luckily, you know, last year, he, like you mentioned, he hit on those free agents. He hit home runs there. It'll be interesting to see what happens this year when he, you know, we know the caliber of free agents he's picked up so far. He has less draft capital to work with. You know, this will be a very telling year to see what kind of GM you know, Goody turns out to be. Yeah. No, and again, I think it's also like super early. Like I can't tell you how many people were like, oh, Rashawn Gary's a bust. And I'm like, guys, he barely saw the field because we have right. two really great pass rushers and the mm-hmm. Smith brothers. Like we we got, you know, we it, it's a great problem to have. I completely agree, Bryce, you were just talking about like picking a project because that's what Rashawn Gary is. You know, looking at his tape, he got pushed out to the outside a whole lot. He has some great speed and some great athleticism. And I don't doubt that he can be a very good player. You know, but how many times, hopefully not many, are we going to be picking at number 12? I I would have liked a different pick. But, you know, at this point, I can only just root for Rashawn Gary and hope that he proves everybody wrong. 
Exactly. I And I think maybe the silver lining too is I think he got better, you know, considering 2018 to 2019 with the draft. I, You know, you look at Savage. I mm-hmm. think Gary's going to be a good player, but you look at Savage, you look at Jenkins. I think Sternberger can be a really good player. I think I Kingsley Kiki can be a really good player too. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that there's opportunity where you're seeing him and then on top of it, uh, the complete, you know, utter home runs of Zadarius Smith, Preston Smith, and, and Adrian Amos. I'm excited to see what he can continue to do. And with that, we've we've got, you know, I've asked this, I asked this question about being infatuated with anyone. Is there a player that you're looking at uh, that so, fits yeah, the Green so Bay Packers? I, also I fits apologize your for the huge yeah, tangent that we went on. <laughs> we went off the rails, just didn't like, we? 25 minutes ago, you, Tom, we just wanted to know <laughs> which player you liked. And instead we went on this. Um, so I, I do draft prospect videos. and I break down like a bunch of guys every single year. So right now, like who I've like really done an in-depth look at is Josh Jones, Kenneth Murray, Denzel Mims, Jefferson, and Jordan Love. So out of those guys right now, and I'm obviously going to be, oh, and Trayvon Diggs. Out of those guys, I wouldn't say there's anybody I'm infatuated with. However, I will say that Denzel Mims impressed the hell out of me with his catching ability. There is a couple of catches that this man made, and I know he's a Baylor wide receiver and he gets a lot of crap for that, but there was some ridiculous sideline catches, over-the-shoulder fades, going up and getting it, you being aggressive, that I looked at that and I was like, I wouldn't hate if we got him at 30. There obviously, there is some some issues with his route running that, that do need to be addressed. But right now, if out of all the people I've looked at, I would probably say that Denzel Mims is like near the top. But I also got to, I got to look at more people. Well, we're, we're clicking because that's, uh, that's the guy that I've had my eye on. Uh, we analyzed him. I the big question is does he does he fall to thirty? That wide receiver group. I I don't know if the whole feast or famine thing that you mentioned uh, about Brett Favre. I think the same thing could go with the wide receiver class too. Is that a lot of teams could draft wide receivers, yeah. or uh, there could be wide receivers that could push down. Uh, but Denzel Mims, I mean, completely exploded at the combine too. I think he ran like a four three eight forty. Yep. Uh, on top of that, you know that alpha dog mentality. He's also very comfortable in the green and gold colors. That'd be a quick transition <laughs> from Baylor to Green Bay. It's very so, true. Yeah. Uh, music to my ears, uh, and it's completely only solidified, uh, cemented the grassy posse love from <laughs> the Unknown Packers podcast. And as we get close to wrapping up Tom Grassi on tap, who's your breakout player when it comes to the Green Bay Packers? There have been a lot of talks of... Jay Sternberger being the guy, uh, mm-hmm. Rashawn Gary takes that uh, year two jump, if you will. But is there a guy that uh, you're looking at uh, that could be a breakout? Maybe an Alan Lazard. Yeah, um, I think there's some people on our team that need to have a breakout year. Like yep. Josh Jackson needs to have a breakout year. Like he needs to he needs to see the field. Like he just needs to have a year at this point. <laughs> but for me. Besides Josh Jackson, you did mention Jay Sternberger. I have defended that man so much over these past few months because everyone just wanted Austin Hooper. And I'm like, this is so bad. No, please stop. <laughs> can we can we go five minutes without get you know getting a uh, tight end free agent, please, for the love of God? So yeah, I think Jace definitely has the potential to do really, really well. Uh, I'm I'm really, really high on Jay Sternberger. But then again, I mean, I don't know how much you want my opinion on this because I said Geronimo Allison was going to have a really great year this year. <laughs> and I mean, and again, all signs pointed that he was going to because the yeah. year prior, you know, before he got hurt, this man was like on a roll. I think he already had like three touchdowns. He was becoming Rodgers, you know, one of his favorite targets and, and he was doing really, really well. So I think he could do well. But the, a guy I think I'm most interested to see is Equinemia St. Brown. I am very, very curious because... For me, he's going to kind of set the, uh, you know, how we're going to look at that draft because that draft, you know, a couple years ago where we went very wide receiver heavy, Jamon Moore didn't work out. MVS, I mean, I just think there's zero confidence both from Aaron Rodgers and also it might just be self-confidence. Obviously, yep. this is just a, a fan looking in, but, mm-hmm. you know, the, the drops is just, it's not getting, he has the speed, but the, the, the drops are just, are killing him. Mm-hmm. And, and I, so I think that EQ is kind of like the last one that I'm hanging my hat on and being like, okay, maybe he could be the good one. Cause I think he's going to just be thrusted right into that role of being like, can you compete 
or you're not going to be on the team anymore. Because I feel like we're, we are definitely going to be drafting a wide receiver, maybe multiple. Mm-hmm. And I think that this is going to be a very interesting year where you're going to have a very busy camp. We got that guy from the CFL. Um, we obviously got Funches. And I think there's going to be a lot of competition in camp. Uh, and it's going to be super interesting to see who wins out. And, and I'm going to be looking for EQ to have a bounce back year after being out all year last year with an injury. Nice. That was it Ed Bagleton? Is that the CFL dude? Think so. Yeah, that right? sounds about right. I think it was Bagel. I heard I heard Bagel in there and I was like, yes. And you know, I <laughs> want a bagel. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure that that's the guy. He we signed him like like before the end of the season, if right. I'm not mistaken. And like people were like, do a video on him. I'm like, no. <laughs> I'm like, no, we're we're busy. We got other things going on. <laughs> um but yeah, it'll be it'll be a crowded camp, as it should be. I mean, you know, yeah, obviously I think we re-signed Darius Shepard to the practice squad, if I'm not mistaken. I could be making that up, but I'm pretty sure we did. And then again, I love Alan Lazard. I think he stepped up in a major, major way. Mm-hmm. But we need other playmakers. I don't have a lot of confidence in, in Funches. Um, I'm sorry, I don't. You're but, not part uh, of the Funchy Bunch? I am, no. <laughs> <laughs> Just, uh, uh-huh. No. Uh, he, again, and, and I mentioned this on the podcast, <laughs> and it's a really, really bad way to look at it. And I promise you, this is not how I evaluate players. But I remember picking up for fantasy a couple of times and he just sucked. So like that, <laughs> that just, he burnt me on that one. But he has the build for it, but the amount of drops that he does, and I know a lot of people point at Cam Newton and, and the people that point at Cam Newton, yes, Cam Newton wasn't the most accurate quarterback, but there are a lot of times that that ball just hit him right in the hands and yep. he did not make the catch. And, and that concerns me because that's what we've been seeing over the past few years. And besides Devontae Adams, we've been lacking in the receiver department. And I think at the same time, that's why wide receiver for me is not number one or number two, because I think with a great tight end, which I think Jay Sternberger could be, that could also alleviate a lot of our passing attack problems. Not Mm -hmm. all of them, obviously, but he can cause a lot of matchup difficulties. And I think that, you know, he has the potential to really make some waves this year. I love it. Well, this has been this has been an absolute blast. Uh, I hope to continue this trend. The the commercial break that no one will ever hear um, <laughs> will be will be something that will live on. I I'm I still wrapped around when you were talking about. Anyway, uh, I digress. <laughs> and uh, but thank you so much for for being a part of the Unknown Packers podcast. Big fans of you, uh, official members of the Grassy Posse. And with that, we've got two things on the agenda before we wrap up Tom Grassi on tap. But first and foremost, where can listeners find you throughout the internet? Yeah, like I said before, it's just podcast on all the the podcasting things. We're wherever Spotify, iTunes. It's not iTunes anymore, but I'm going to call it iTunes because I don't care because I'm a rebel <laughs> like that. Uh, but the big thing is 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 YouTube. So if you want to see the face that's attached to this Muppet voice, you can head over on YouTube <laughs> before you unsubscribe. <laughs> and yeah, so you can you can check me out there. I mean, I would plug my website, but I haven't updated that in a while. So check out TomGrassyComedy.com. <laughs> you can buy a Grassy Posse shirt. There you go. There we go. And now, the moment you've been waiting for, Tom, the pop quiz question. So now we've been in a time of social distancing and staying at home, staying the, the F at home. And I've been watching a lot of movies as well as TV shows. I know Neebles has as well. Speaking of Neebles, I'm crushing through uh, the end of season two of Barry. It is great. Awesome. And oh, it's so good. Yep. It's so, I'm sorry to interrupt, but that show's <laughs> phenomenal. <laughs> yeah, I, I crushed through season one, mentioned it to Neebles, and then I got on to Ozark season three, and then now I'm back on finishing season two of Barry. But uh, yeah, I... Awesome, awesome TV show. And with that, if you could pick one movie Ooh. and one TV show to Ooh. watch for the rest of your life. Oh, damn. What would they be? Oh, shenanigans. Okay. <laughs> this is, I, I have an answer for one of them and I'm trying to think of the second answer and I'm just going to continue to stall and speak while I while I think of this answer. I'll go with my movie one. So the movie one, it's between two. It's either Spaceballs or Airplane, and I'm leaning towards oh, Airplane. Oh, nice. Um, nice. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big comedy fan of, like, the old, the OG, you know, 80s, <laughs> 80s, 90s comedy, you know, for all <laughs> you millennials out there, even though I was born in 1990. Um, so, yeah, so that's the one. For TV show, oof, that's that's a tougher one. I've never watched The Wire. I've heard good, good things. So, you know, that, that could be good. It could take me a while to get through that. But <laughs> if I if I had to pick like one TV show to go off of, I'll go with a more modern day one. 
I don't know if this is my answer, but I'm actually going to go with The Leftovers. That, nice. It was on HBO. Okay. It was only three seasons. But like, I really liked that show. That was a that was a good show. That and Hannibal, both shows that they were gone before their time. Yeah. But yeah, I, I really enjoyed The Leftovers. I really enjoy like character driven shows. And that one, that, that, that one's like the epitome of that. So I would have said Game of Thrones if they didn't completely crash into a mountain uh, at the end. But, <laughs> yeah, right. You know, they, they, that, that happened. So. I love Leftovers. Justin Thoreau is amazing. The oh. whole concept, too, um, and how they add to that. Nice. Hit it out of the ballpark. Complete Hail Mary. Complete success. Thank you once <laughs> again, Tom, for, for being a part. Talking Packers. We hope to do this again soon. And, uh, well, there you have it. Tom Grassi on tap. A uh, lot of laughs. A lot of nostalgia. And most importantly, Go Pack Go. I am your co-host, Bryce Christensen. And I'm Neil. alongside me. Oh, you you blew it. You blew it. Do it over. <laughs> wow, guys. Well, uh, you know what? This I, is I perfect. We started off messing up the intro, and now we messed up the conclusion. It's like, this is this is how it's always supposed to be. Time is a circle. <laughs> Full circle. <laughs> right. And who do I have? I don't even know. Who am I? I'm Nebels. And this is the Unknown Packers Podcast. Thank you so much for following the Unknown Packers podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at Unknown Packers, as well as Facebook, Instagram, the Unknown Packers podcast. You can check us out on our website, theunknownpackers.com, and a variety of different podcast platforms as well. You can also say, hey, Alexa, play the Unknown Packers podcast. That's right. We're friends with Alexa. Go Pack Go. This podcast was edited and produced by Sonic Transformation. Sonic Transformation. Your sound refined. Follow the unknown. Does your penis not work? <laughs> <laughs> Is it like a cold day at Lambeau Field? Well. <laughs>